Thanks for checking out the Revival Tabernacle podcast today. If this is your first time joining us, we want to thank you for tuning in. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope this message encourages you in Christ our Savior. Please enjoy this message from the RT Pulpit. Will you stand to your feet and just stretch across the aisles and let's connect in the spirit realm today? For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is certainly liberty. Do you know you're free in Jesus? Do you know that because we live and we move and we have our being in him, it makes us free to worship him in spirit and in truth? I don't want to be free and don't act free. Because the Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so just in case your neighbor doesn't know it, squeeze their hand, smile at them, and tell them you're free today. Tell them you're free today. Tell them you're free to run. You're free to shout. You're free to praise. You're free to wave your hand. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And even if you don't feel like being strong, sometimes you got to command your soul. You got to say like David, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. So, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Oh, I think I'm in a Bible-believing church. The righteous can run in and find safety. And in his presence is the fullness of joy and everything you could ever need. Uh, You can find it in the presence of the Lord. So we don't just touch and agree because we want to just connect with a sweaty palm. But in a real sense, we touch and agree because the scripture says there's power in agreement. That if you can get any one person to agree with you concerning anything in the name of Jesus, he says, I'll do it for you. And because wherever two or three touch and agree, there's a transformation of power. There's a transformation of spirit. The anointing that flows from heart to heart and breast to breast. That chains might be broken and deliverance can come and the captive can be set free. So squeeze your neighbor's hand and let them know the worst is behind them. But the best is in front of them. Come on, squeeze it one more time just so they'll know the weapon may have formed against them. But they're here right now, which means it didn't prosper. Tug on them one more time just in case they need to know what a miracle feels like. So they'll know they're connected to somebody that should have been crazy by now. Could have lost their mind by now. After all you have been through. But you are here as a testimony of God's keeping power. And don't you know he'll keep you in perfect peace? If you keep your mind stayed on he. So touch him real quick and tell him you connected to the right one today. Hallelujah. Tell him you're not all by yourself today. Yes, Lord. We are here together in spirit and in truth. So, Father, thank you now. Be exalted in this place. We love you. We praise you because you are God Almighty. And we thank you because your presence illuminates this place. And we thank you because 
your power shifts this atmosphere. We thank you, O oh God, not just because we are here by our power or by my, our might, but we're here because of your spirit. So now, God, we confess every sin, every fault before you now. We plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. I pray right now, Father, that the blood of Jesus Christ will wash away every sin. And, oh, God, we thank you because you have a way of divinely designing our encounters with you so that we never miss what we need when we need it. So thank you because we need a word. We need a word like we've never heard. But we know, God, that as the deer panted after the water, so does our soul long after you. So I ask that you would come into this house, that you'd sit on every seat, that you would speak to every spirit, that you would minister to every need and heal every hurt. And, oh, God, today, after we have accepted your word, I pray that you will allow us to apply it to our lives for better living. Now, Father, I press into my neighbor's hand more strength. I press into their hand more joy. I press into their spirit the power to overcome. And we thank you, God, that we don't have to wait until the battle is over. But we can shout the victory in advance because we know that what we're waiting on is already done. In Jesus' name, amen. Now give God the loudest praise you can, if you will. Come on. Come on, church. Come on, give him a loud praise. Has he done anything for you? Did he wake you up this morning? Did he clothe you in your right mind? Well, come on, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Hallelujah. Hug somebody real quick before you sit down and tell them I'm excited about your future. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We honor the Lord today uh, for his strength and for his power and for his mighty acts toward the children of men. Great is the Lord and greatly he is to be praised in the beauty of holiness. We bless his name for the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. And we honor the spirit of Christ uh, that is in this place today. And certainly we praise and thank God for our friend and brother in his absence, along with the wonderful lady of this church, my friends, your leaders, uh, Pastor and Lady Golf. Amen. Praise God for them today. Come on, praise God for your leaders in their absence today. We honor the Lord for them. We thank you. Thank them so much for the blessed invitation to come and to be able to share and to all of the pastors, the staff pastors, and all of those who have hosted today and made our um, uh, stay here pleasurable. Uh, we honor the Lord for you uh, today is our prayer. Amen. I want all of my covenant partners that came with me today, just stand up. Stand up. If you came with Pastor Jay today, just stand up. Stand up today. Thank you so much. Amen. Love y'all. Love y'all dearly and true. Amen. Love you dearly and true. Thank you so much uh, for being with us today. Amen. I got a travel posse. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how it happened, but I praise God for it. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. I praise God for it in Jesus' name. I got a special individual uh, here today. Uh, Y'all don't know this, uh, but this uh, gentleman, this young man, uh, was a really, really an intricate part of my growth and development and uh, didn't know I'd have the opportunity to celebrate him today. But if he wasn't who he was, I wouldn't be who I am. And uh, uh, my best friend is right there in that striped shirt. Wave your hand, Minister Vincent. Uh, he and I, uh, not just 
uh, our best friends, We've been best friends for over 20 years. We graduated high school together, and when we matriculated at Ferndale High School, Mr. Herbert Ivory was the principal. Stand, Mr. Ivory, he's a member of you all's church, amen, but he's special to us, amen. So thank God, amen. I didn't know I'd, I didn't know I'd have an opportunity to preach in front of my principal, so I'm real nervous today, and I, all right? Praise God. If it is your custom to stand for the reading of the word of God, I would that you would do so. If not, at least open your Bible with me. Uh, I don't have a long text, but I got a strong text. And uh, I believe it'll bless your heart. Uh, and uh, Pastor Devin already told me uh, when he called me um, that then I didn't have to do nothing different today. I can just preach how I preach. So, amen. I'm just going to preach how I preach. All right. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, I want to uh, and thank God for the minstrels. I may call y'all back uh, at the end of this uh, presentation today. First um, Corinthians chapter 10 uh, and verse number 11. And I'll read uh, just three verses uh, in your hearing today. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes and says, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition." upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. For no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Amen. I want to call this the struggle is real, but I have the advantage. Yeah, you may be seated. The struggle is real, but I have the advantage. I have a bold confession to make as I begin this uh, sermonic uh, presentation today. And uh, I, I think that confession is good for the soul. And if anywhere we ought to confess, we ought to confess in church. Uh, we ought to confess even in front of uh, our body of believers, although those that we confess uh, in front of, it will be testimonially helpfully, help, helpful for you, although... Uh, you have no power to save me from what I'm finna tell you about. But my bold confession today is I done got hooked. I'm hooked on a new television show. I'm not going to tell you uh, who is responsible for hooking me on that show because actually they're in the room right now and I don't want to put them on blast. But the new show that's really an old show, but I just got hip to it, is called The Good Wife. I don't know if y'all know anything about The Good Wife, but let me just tell you, I'm hooked. I can't, I can't, I got to boldly confess in the sanctuary of the Lord, uh, I done got hooked. It's a series that focuses on a young lady named Alicia Florig. She's the wife of a Chicago state's attorney who returns to her career after spending years as a, a mother and a housewife after the events of a public sex and political corruption scandal involving her husband. But the show centers on her struggle to fight off temptation to become romantically involved with her super boss lawyer. His name is Will Gardner. And what makes it so difficult is that no one would blame her for ever even doing it after all she has endured at the hands of a cheating husband and the treachery and scrutiny of living in the public limelight. Somebody will say, Pastor Jay, why would you talk about that as you begin your sermon in a place you've never been to before? 
I said that to say this. That's how the devil gets us, y'all. He has a way of twisting what he tempts us with so that we become so blinded by our self-perceived justifications without ever really even counting the cost. Let me ask you a question. If you knew then what you know now, will you have gone back and do just a few things different? Because the truth is, my friends, temptation is a part of everyday life. There, there's not a day that will ever go by, my friends, where we will not experience the temptation to sin in a variety of forms. And before we cast our uh, political and social judgment on Alicia Florg and what she stumbled or was tempted with, perhaps we need to submit and suggest that we too have to deal with temptation in our lives every day. For somebody perhaps it's the temptation to stay angry at somebody longer than you should. That you've been mad so long you don't even know what you're mad at anymore. Perhaps for somebody else it's the temptation to give up too soon because you're believing God for some things but you haven't quite gotten to the things you're believing God for but you know you can't go back to what you have walked away from. Maybe it's the temptation not to keep your word to someone who's depending on you to come through with what you said you were going to come through with. Temptation, my friends, is endless and we've got our hands full trying to resist it every day. And the person next to you right now don't want you to know this, but I, I got them on newsflash today because they're being tempted in some way, somehow too. My temptation may not be your temptation and your temptation may not be my temptation but we all come subject every day to dealing with forms of temptation I thought we talk about this in church because I wanted to make it clear that temptation itself is not a sin it has only become sin when we enter into that temptation. I say that because I realize many people feel like they've sinned when they're simply being tempted, but that's just not the case this morning because God has given unto us, my friends, the fruit of self-control. As a matter of fact, as I begin this, just lay your hand on yourself and say, I've been given the fruit of self-control. Oh yeah, tell, tell yourself, tell yourself, I have the fruit of self-control. No, you need to say it to yourself again. I have the fruit of self-control. So that means when I'm tempted to do things that I know are wrong things, I have the power to make right decisions even though I'm being tempted to do the wrong things. But what if we want to be successful in resisting temptation? We need to know what in fact we are up against. I know who God is and I know who, who, who the devil is. But the question is, do I really know who I am? Let me talk to y'all over here because they not feeling me over here. I know you know who God is and I know you know who the devil is. But the question is, do you know who you are? Because the question is, when dealing with temptation, you got to ask yourself the question, how well do I really know myself? Because we have a tendency to deceive ourselves by glossing over areas of weaknesses in our life. And it seems like the devil knows us, my friends, a lot better than we know ourselves. But we can gain an advantage over him by studying our own behavior and studying our own weaknesses and understanding what's wrong with us because as soon as we find out what's wrong with us, we can see how powerful God really is. Am I talking to anybody 
in here this morning that can admit I haven't gone all the right places. I haven't done all of the right things. And sometimes I don't even keep a promise to my own self. But God is faithful. And God is the kind of God who will go with you and he will stand by you even in the midst of what you are. I know some of us can't say amen because we've been trying to deal with the devil all by ourselves. And don't you know in a fight like this, you can't deal with the devil all by yourself. Sometimes we try to do everything by ourselves. We try to resist the flesh by ourselves. We try to walk and talk by ourselves. But let me tell you something. The Bible says all of us must keep awake and give strict attention and be cautious, be active and watch and pray. That's what Matthew 26, 41 says that you may not come into temptation. He says the spirit is willing, but sometimes the flesh gets weak. That's why you walked up here this morning uh, with your saved and your sanctified self. You were ready for worship this morning in your spirit, but in your body you were tired saying, oh man, I hope you mean to tell me Pastor Devin ain't preaching today? Who is this Pastor Johnson guy? I got to open my mind and I got to open my heart because my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. I need a word from the Lord today. I can't make it. Am I talking to anybody in here that 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 don't come to church on Sunday because it's just the seventh day of the week or the first day of the week but you come to church because you really can't get by without a word from the Lord you really need a word from the Lord we can have my friends sometimes the best intentions and still cave in to temptation God is so powerful. We need God involved in uh, in our lives as early and as often as possible. And my friends, you got to recognize when you are at your weakest moment. You you got to know what you are vulnerable to. One of one of the times that Satan will come and try to tempt you uh, to cave in is when you're overly tired uh, and when you're when 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 you're working too hard and you got too much on your plate. You've gotten out of balance from doing things. You're doing so much for other people and trying to be so much for other people but the truth is you can't really be what you need to be until you can be who you are for yourself have you ever got on a plane and the captain comes on with his instruction and says in case of a loss of cabin pressure the mask will drop down from above you put the mask on your face first and then secure y'all ain't hearing me here everybody else tell somebody I'm just trying to put my mask on I'm trying to make sure that I got my life together before I get all off in your business I'm trying to make sure God has got my business together the fact of the matter is y'all all of us have to deal with this we are in a warfare whether we are aware of it or not whether we want to believe it or not this is a war and the enemy doesn't want you to win this war the devil has never and will never be your friend I need to help somebody here today he'll do everything in his power to make our worship and our commitment to God uncomfortable and unbearable that's the reason why some of your greatest temptation comes after some of your greatest worship experiences because the enemy wants to know where you shouting uh, on credit he wants to know where you faking it until you make it he wants to know do you really trust in the Jesus that you've been giving God the praise and the glory for he wants to tempt you on 
Tuesday to find out if your shout on Sunday was really authentic. I wish I could talk to somebody in here. That's why you got to really, really pray all the time. You can't just pray on Sunday morning. You can't just praise when the worship team or when Pastor Devin is giving a word. But you got to wake up every day saying this is the day that the Lord has made. And I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. So, y'all, I thought I'd just talk about this for a little while. I thought I'd preach on this because many times we allow ourselves to become distracted by things that have temporary potential for gratification but no permanent promise for a lasting future and when those times when we become subject to distractions and enticed by our own lusts and our own desires the question that must be raised is is it really worth it after all I, I, I mean I mean well, after you indulge in what you indulge in and find out how much it costs then the question becomes, was it worth getting involved in it at all? That's what the Apostle Paul said when he says we ought to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the continuous attacks, the plans, the plots, the schemes of the devil. I know, I know you're a churchgoer, and I know you saved, and I know you sanctified, but let me tell you something. That's the number one reason why the devil is after you, because the devil don't want who he already has. Uh, he's launched his attack on those who are the believers, those who are the called and the appointed, those who are the elect, and those who are the the sure it is after we become in contact with Christ that the enemy wants to test our authenticity in God and find out are we really who we say we are Lord have mercy I'm tired of being in church uh, with people who have all kinds of innuendo and we have all kinds of issues but we can't stand up and be who God said we be can be do you know who you are you are the head you are not the tail you are above you are not beneath you shall be the lender and not the borrower save the Lord of hosts and so if you really want to know whether or not you can take it or not you got to know who you are and you got to know whose you are because the fact of the matter is if you're going to overcome any form of temptation in your life you're going to need a different mindset how do you view yourself and your potential to become what God has ordained for you to become. What's, what's your self-perspective? What, what do you see uh, uh, that you can sign and seal in your spirit? What do you see? What's different about you? What's the thing uh, about your future that's not worth the risk of giving in to what the enemy would have for you? Just tell somebody the struggle is real. It is. Now, now, this is not for, for Sadiddy, saved, you know, sanctified, on your way to heaven anyhow. That's not this Sunday sermon. This Sunday sermon is for real people who understand that all of the salvation in the world doesn't uh, uh, eliminate you from being a target of temptation. And while we're sitting there looking like I ain't talking to you, I'm talking exactly to you because the enemy ain't scared of none of y'all. 
if he was if he was bold enough to approach Jesus and try to get Jesus to turn stones into bread and to jump off of buildings just because he could in order to prove things that did not have to be proven then certainly you know he's bold enough to offer you some things to help compromise the belief that you really have in God I ain't worried about your shout I'm worried about your walk because when we start walking how we shout Lord have mercy we'll be a better people don't sit there looking all sanctified like I ain't, I ain't not no the Bible says not y'all have sinned it says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God what are you saying Pastor Jay what's this sermon about I'm saying that whatever you're being tempted with you better handle it before it handles you that's my thesis <laughs> that's my thesis and y'all that's all faith is faith is perception you you got to see it before you see it or you never will see it all, all things are possible your your perception your faith changes your possibilities you got to see yourself in light of how God sees you yes. now I just said something because you don't have to be ever limited to someone else's perception of you but you got to raise the standard and see yourself the way God sees you. And in case you need to know the way God sees you, I want to tell you, he sees you as an overcomer. Yeah. God sees you uh, as one who was born to reign and to rule. Uh, I, 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 God sees me as one that he is in love with because love never fails. God sees me in a place where no temptation can overtake me. He, he sees me in a place because he is the greatest power. And because God is the greatest power, I cannot be defeated. He sees me because he knows that as I have been created in his image and after his likeness, that means I was born to win. Ah, oh, shucks. Just, just lay your hand on somebody and tell them you were born to win. Uh, I, I'm manufactured by the kinsman redeemed. I walk with the king. I'm a king's kid. I am a royal priesthood. I'm a peculiar individual. I have been called to show forth the praises of him who has brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light. I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Greater is he that is in me than he. Can we have church for a little while? That is in the world. High five somebody tell me I'm going to win. The Struggle is real, but I'm going to win. Every day I got to pray, but I'm going to win. Every day I'm faced with something that I didn't know I was going to be faced with, but I'm going to win. And in those times when life knocks me from one side of the room to the next, at my worst day and my best day show up on the same day, I have a little talk with Jesus and I tell him all about my problems because I know that God is greater than any problem I can ever have. I'm going to win. Will you tell somebody I'm a winner? As a matter of fact, shake them and wake them up and tell them you sitting next to a winner you can't be defeated sitting next to me you can't be a, you can't opt out while you sitting next to me I'm not gonna let you sit next to me and be defeated and be negative and be pessimistic this morning if you sit next to me you're gonna get a positive attitude and a positive outlook your outlook may be gloomy but your outlook is glorious because God has given you a great power it's giving you a great power. Listen, listen. And this scripture in 1 Corinthians is tailored to teach us that so many times when we are tempted that the way out is to go through. Uh, 
that in fact, yes, we cannot deny the reality that it is a struggle to go through life having to deal with certain forms of temptation, but it is also a reality that we have the advantage. Uh, and so when we study this particular text this morning, we find out that while we are in our wilderness experiences, we are often tempted to indulge in sinful practice and to rebel against leadership and com to complain against God. But God told me to tell somebody today, you got to change your perspective. You got to quit looking at how bad things are <laughs> and start recognizing they could be so much worse. Can I talk to somebody in here that has a grateful heart and a grateful spirit? Because the enemy wants to tip you to look at your life as if things are just so bad and things are just so overwhelming. But the truth of the matter is, is that if you have it, it's only because God knew you could handle it. Because everybody couldn't handle the level of pressure that you have been under. But you have not folded. You have not cracked. You have not broken down. As a matter of fact, what did not kill you has only made you stronger and now your testimony is I'm stronger and I'm wiser and I'm so much better tell somebody you can't complain next to me but in those times y'all we must remind ourselves of who we are and where we are going because the wilderness was only intended to be an experience it was never intended to be a dwelling Turn my mic up. I said the wilderness was only supposed to be an experience. It was never supposed to be a dwelling. And maybe the reason why you've been depressed is because you've been dwelling in a place you were only supposed to experience. And if you just refuse to be a poster child for your pain, you can celebrate the fact that although you have gone through it and it has been a struggle, God has given you grace to overcome. Do I got 15 people in here that can testify that God has given you grace to overcome that when you look back over your life and see where God has brought you from the truth is you are an overcomer by his grace shake somebody and tell them you sit next to an overcomer and I'll get loud about it I'll shout about it I'll lift my hands and tell it because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me I can't dwell in a place I was only supposed to experience <laughs> it's not your dwelling place. It's just an experience. The, the Apostle Paul here writes to the Corinthian church to give them a strategy on how to overcome their temptation. And I thought that 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 you like me, uh, if you're anything like me, I'm a third generation uh, kid. Uh, I'm a third generation pastor. I've been coming to church all, all my life. Um, uh, and, and my testimony is not I fell off my bike. Uh, I've I never been hit by a car. ain't been to jail. I've never been shot. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not mad at whose testimony that is. It just ain't my testimony. I've been in church my whole life. I'm a third generation preacher. I've seen it all in church. In my 41 years of, of being on this earth and 21 years of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, I've been in church my whole life. But my goodness gracious, out of all that I have seen and all that I have overcome in my lifetime, I have never seen the righteous forsaken and I've never seen his seed begging bread. And when the apostle Paul writes this, he writes this because he says, listen here, you you don't need a regular religious routine when you come to church. Sometimes you need a strategy for how you're going to be different. 
Lord have mercy. Uh, I, I don't just need a service. I need a strategy. And maybe the reason why we haven't been winning is because we've been coming to church for service, but we ain't been coming to get a strategy. But tell somebody today you're going home with a strategy. You're going to go home shouting, but you're going to go home knowing that God is putting a hedge of protection all around your stuff. And it ain't it good to know that if the devil going to get to you, he got to go through God first? Lord have mercy. I'm a king's kid I'm protected by God and that when those principles are put into practice in my life even if I have to go through it I'm still gonna come out on top of it uh, tell somebody whatever you do don't get stuck all right so then here here then is the strategy pastor Jay the struggle is real but I have the advantage but I need you to tell me what the advantage is well strategy point number one is this you have to understand your history so you can safeguard your destiny is that good stuff you got to understand your history so you can safeguard your destiny I'm gonna say it one more time you have to understand your history so you can safeguard your destiny grandmama will say it like this if you don't know where you come from you ain't gonna be able to get where you're going to yeah that's good stuff right there Paul says to us like this in the first five verses of this chapter he talks about this as this text opens but when he gets to verse number 11 he says something that's interesting to us he says all these things happen as examples and were written for admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come he says listen you got to understand where you come from so you can know where it is that you are going he literally tells them they need to know what's in their background so they'll know how to protect the home front <laughs> See, what's messing a lot of us up, church, is, is in this season, we haven't harnessed the hangups that are in our history. So we get caught up by the same things in our families that generations before us have gotten caught up in. And the difference between victory and defeat in this season of your life huh, is when it comes to dealing with your flesh and the decisions you make concerning the struggle in your lineage. Don't nobody got to tell you what's wrong with your family. You know. I done lost them over here. Can I talk to y'all over here? Yeah. Don't nobody know what's in your lineage like you know. You know the things you've seen your mom and your grandmom struggle with. And you got to decide, are you going to use it as a crutch or are you going to use it as a launching pad? I'm talking to somebody in here this morning that knows what it's like to have generational struggles and know that you can't use it as a crutch for why you cannot do better. But if you're going to handle that thing that's trying to handle you, you're going to have to defeat it generationally. You're going to have to tell yourself, this is the last generation in my family that's going to deal with this. This is the last. I'm not, no, I'm going to put a stop on this right now so my children and my children's children will never have to deal with with. Lord have mercy the things that I have had to deal instead of crying and weeping Lord have mercy over what has happened you got to realize you can't defeat a demon you tolerate 
and tell somebody as long as you keep putting up with it it's going to keep handling you but when you go in your prayer closet and say not another season not another day not another time I plead the blood of Jesus over my children and over my children's children because I understand that until I know what's in my history I cannot safeguard my destiny who am I talking to in here right now that says it may have gotten to me and I may have experienced some things in my childhood and in my adolescence and my young adult life but thanks be unto God I have survived it I'm the first one in my family to graduate from college I'm the first cancer survivor and don't you know the enemy will play with your mind and make you think because your mama died of cancer that you gonna die of cancer the devil is a liar God hasn't given unto you the spirit of fear I don't know why this is so hard for you to get but I'm trying to drive it home he has given you power and love and a sound mind and you don't have to take it not another season and not another day I've got scripture for you the kingdom suffereth violence but the violent gotta take it by fourth tell somebody if you want your healing you gotta take it if you want peace of mind you got to take it if you want joy in your life you got to take it anything worth having is worth working hard for you gotta take it he says you got to understand your history so you can safeguard your destiny. But watch this. You got to understand where you're vulnerable so it won't make you liable. Hmm. Therefore, I'm in verse 12. Let him who stands take heed. Watch this text. Lest he fall. This, this, this is a fall that all of you know, us who say stuff like, that ain't going to happen to me. Paul says, you are just as capable of falling hmm, as the children of Israel were when they messed up. So don't be so naive and don't be so confident and go around thinking that you've been saved long enough that you have acquired exemption from temptation. As a matter of fact, the longer you are a believer... Huh, the harder the enemy is going to work to try to destroy your testimony. Huh, and if you're not careful, my God, I don't know who this is for today. The very thing you said you'd never do, huh, uh, you'll find yourself doing. Because uh, uh, what, I, what I found out, there's some things I can't trust myself with. Some stuff I don't do because I know me. Uh, some places I don't go because I know me. And see, when you know you, you got to know what environments to stay out of. Well, let me come back over to this side. I said, when you know who you are and you know what you are liable and vulnerable to, you got to know what you got to stay away from. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Uh, 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 uh. Don't you know, uh, you got to watch the pattern of scripture. Uh, uh, Paul, the apostle, wrote over two uh, uh, thirds of the New Testament. He, he spoke so many languages fluently. He was the same Paul who wrote, fight the good fight of faith. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, which your loins girt about with truth and put on the best of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God this is the same Paul that wrote we are more than conquerors through him that loves us the same Paul that wrote I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor no height no death no things present no things to come shall be able to separate us from the love of Jesus Christ that same Paul wrote now when it comes to fornication run from that 
I think he was testifying. Because I know he realized what he was vulnerable to. And before you stick your judgmental finger in the Apostle Paul's face, you got to struggle too. And if you can't fight it, you better run from it. Y'all, y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, I, I, I can't fight chocolate cake, so I don't even fool with that. Because I understand that most of the stuff that I like is the stuff that puts weight on me. Yeah. Can I talk to some real people in here? Most of the things that the devil weighs us down with are not things that we did not like. They are things that we like. And you don't realize that it put weight on you, Lord have mercy, because while you were indulging in it, you actually liked it. And you didn't realize, Lord have mercy, that it was weighing you down until you got too heavy to get up. Am I talking to anybody in here right now that has had to pick themselves up and didn't realize how much weight you really gave? because you were enjoying what you were in and you liked all. Oh, can I talk to somebody in here that, that ever been caught up in some stuff that you liked? Tell, tell truth, shame the devil. Tell, tell truth, shame the devil. Yeah, tell, I got caught up in some things that I liked, but I didn't realize how much weight it was going to put on me. I got into a relationship that I liked, but I didn't check out the full resume and the profile. Now the very thing I've liked is putting weight on me. Stress and pressure. And that's not how God really wants me to live. So he says, listen, you spend years trying to get back minutes when you don't understand where you're vulnerable. Hmm. I know this is a hard sermon, ain't it? It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard talking about this. Because see, if we just talk about feel good, you know, stuff all the time, we would never grow. But sometimes you got to understand, watch this, that deliverance only happens when you trust the process. Now, Paul says, I'm in verse 13 and I'll sit down. Paul says in verse 13, he says, you're not fighting anything new. <laughs> uh, in fact, he says, you have some advantages in this fight. That the enemy that's up against you can't do anything about. And what are the advantages? I'll tell them to you and then I'll sit down. The first advantage is, is you already know how this works. <laughs> uh, nothing that you are being tempted with is new to you. Think about it right now. <laughs> you seen, Lord have mercy. This stuff before. He says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So the first advantage is, is you've seen this before. It might be packaged in some new costume. <laughs> it might be wrapped in some different gift paper. <laughs> but the characters and the contents of this temptation are still the same. I know why we can't shout, because the problem with us, y'all, is that we are so trendy, we get all excited about new packaging. Yeah. Mm. And so now you're taking the same stuff in this relationship that you took in the last relationship because they drive a different car and they work a different job, but they're not respectful. Y'all ain't hearing me here. They don't care about your dreams, your visions, or your goals. And God said, listen, I don't want you to keep on going from relationship to relationship, from job to job, uh, yay, even from church to church, and you don't even realize what fulfills you. You haven't realized that it's the 
same devil in a new gift box. Y'all, we keep giving in because we lust after labels. Then we get stuck with the contents of what's on the inside. But Paul said, this shouldn't be new to you. <laughs> uh, this shouldn't be new to you. It's one thing to struggle with a foreign opposition. It's, somebody, it's something else to struggle with tactics and strategies that you've seen before. So you got to decide once and for all, you're not going to be defeated by things you've already seen. Am I talking to anybody in here this afternoon? Uh, just tell somebody, you know how this works. You know, uh, you, you know they're never going to look for a job and become responsible as long as they know you got them on the bailout plan. You know how this works. You, you know they're going to keep on gossiping as long as you keep reacting to the stuff that doesn't dignify a response. You know how this works. You know they're going to keep on bullying your spirit as long as you try to chase down every lie that people tell on you. You know how this works. You know he ain't going to never buy the cow as long as he get the milk for free. You know how this works. You know that if you keep coming to church Sunday after Sunday and you keep living the same way you live on Monday through Saturday then Jesus gets the praise but the devil gets the testimony you know how this works you're gonna have to be authentic and you're gonna have to be true and my question to you my friends is when is it gonna become real for us I'm living in a time right now where I want my worship to be real I'm not trying to impress anybody. I, 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 if you like me, great. If you don't like me, great. I didn't come to impress you. I came to give God the glory and I came to give God the praise. And y'all, when we quit living life trying to make an impression, then we can understand that the greatest person we could ever impress is God through our worship and through our praise to him. I'll never be good enough for some people. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I'm the best God, David Johnson, God ever made. And when you know who you are in God, you don't have to worry about what God, God has given you an advantage. You know how this works. What's my next advantage? My next advantage is God is faithful. <laughs> I'll just tell somebody God is faithful. When men forget, God is faithful. When other people look down, God is faithful to lift you up. And, and you know what I love about God? God is trustworthy and he is sure. He never lets us down. In fact, it is God that holds us up when we let ourselves down. And the thing about temptation is that most of the time, misery results from that which is internal. See, whenever you see people who are angry all the time and miserable, and always on edge, many times it's because they have not properly processed their self-disappointment. And God's word for somebody here this morning is you're going to have to learn how to forgive yourself. Uh, you're going to have to learn <laughs> that, that, that in life sometimes <laughs> God will allow certain things to occur to bring you into a place of growth and development. Even though it may have began with external indulgence and led to internal disappointment, the good news is you have eternal dominion. <laughs> uh, tell somebody you can get out because God is faithful. He loves you even when you're struggling with you. Have you ever been in a place where you didn't know how to love yourself through a certain problem? Have you ever been disappointed? I know you've been disappointed with other people, but truthfully, have you ever been disappointed in yourself? 
And I found out it's when I'm disappointed in myself that I find out how much God really loves me because God's love is unconditional. I'm so glad that his love is not predicated upon, Lord, have mercy what I do because I could never merit the kind of love that he gives. But his love is so unconditional that while I was yet a sinner, the Bible says Christ died for me. He was the ransom. He was the whole propitiation. He was my high priest. He is my intercessor. God is faithful and he'll never let you down. What's my third advantage? My third advantage is God knows my limitations. And he'll never allow me to be tempted beyond my ability. So if you're dealing with it, my friends, it's only because you can deal with it. If you have it, it's because God knows you can handle it. Now, let me break that down for you, and then I'll shut it down. What are you dealing with right now in your life that you're waiting on God's supernatural power to overcome? I'm about to mess with your whole theology because you know your history. <laughs> You've been safeguarding your future. You know how this works. And the text says you have the ability to contend with this successfully and come out on top. But when you look at verse number 13 of 1 Corinthians 10, the theology of verse number 13 is that God is faithful. God is faithful. <laughs> well, can I tell you something else? You are also able. <laughs> yeah. Lay your hand on yourself real quick and say, oh, I, I'm also able. See, y'all, I'm getting my seat, but let me just tell you, we spend so much time talking about God's ability, but we take very little time to recognize what he has empowered us to do. <laughs> and I want you to understand, you have some ability, too. <laughs> what do you have the ability to do, Pastor? You have the ability to stop making excuses. Let this be the last day that the only thing that separates you from greatness is an excuse. What would you be tomorrow if you eliminated all of your excuses today? Because God is faithful. Hmm. But you've been empowered. Hmm. You're able to do some stuff. You have been equipped with the natural ability to resist temptation. You have been sub subjected and subdued to some things, but they are not going to overcome you. So if you choose to yield to it, you'll just have to answer for it later. But when God is the source of your security, <laughs> and you're, you're responsible for your own surroundings, but if you depend on the faithfulness of God, you, you, you're going to find out just how faithful he really is. God will do his part. But you got to do your part. Now, your fourth advantage is this, and I'm finished. You always have a way out. Now, the, 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 the tripped out part about the way this text reads is that it, it has a built-in escape clause. Uh, the, the escape clause here, in other words, um, what you are dealing with, and here's the rejoice. So if you, if you, if you want to shout it all, here it is right here. What you are dealing with currently in your life is not going to overtake you. I got an announcement. I have an announcement. What you are currently dealing with in your life, it is not going to overtake you. I know you don't want, 
the neighbor next to you to know that you've really been dealing with that kind of warfare on that level, but I'm going to give you a chance to shout because they don't know what you've been going through. I'm going to declare it over your life one more time. What you are currently experiencing is not going to overtake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not going to destroy your life. It's not going to destroy your dreams. It's not going to set back your goals or your future aspirations. But the thing that got me in this passage is that this escape clause has an endurance contingency. He says, it was not going to overtake you, but you're going to be able to bear it. And that's where I got confused. Because I said, now, wait a minute, if I'm if I'm going to escape it. Why then do I still have to bear it? It's either I'm going to get out of it or I'm going to still be in it. <laughs> now, which one are you saying, Paul? Well, Paul says, listen here, let me encourage you. He says, I know you are able to endure because I put an endurance contingency in you, not for the temptation itself, but I put it in so you can handle the process of coming out. Because you didn't get in what you were in overnight. <laughs> And you may not get out of what you're in overnight. But if I put in a process of endurance that won't let you quit when things get rough and won't let you throw in the towel when things get tough, you'll discover something that you never really realized, that I'm right where I've always been. And the rejoicing is that they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That they'll mount up with wings like eagles, run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Tell somebody you can bear it. You can take it. I know the enemy wants you to think that you're going to have a nervous breakdown, but God says no. You have victory to overcome through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I just want to know, am I in a room full of believers? Am I in the room with any overcomers? Am I in the room with anybody that's been battle tested? But your testimony is God is a keeper because he made you strong enough to bear it. As a matter of fact, you didn't know how strong you were until you went through what you went through the last three months. But now your testimony is God is a keeper. Do I got anybody here that knows he's a keeper? Well, wave your hand and just tell somebody he's a keeper. Tell your testimony. Tell him I know he's a keeper because he kept me. He kept my mind. He kept my family. He kept my strength. As a matter of fact, I'm up in revival tab this morning because I still got joy. After all, I have experience because God is a keeper. The struggle is real but I'm an overcomer and greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm an overcomer. I've been rooted and I've been grounded. We used to sing a song. We don't sing it in church anymore but it's a song of the old saints. They used to say yield not to temptation for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you some others to win. Yes, Fight manfully on for. Yes, yes, Dark passions are all subdued. Yes. Look ever to Jesus and he will see you through. I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to lift your hands. Because I believe God wants to strengthen somebody in this room today. Just lift your hands up right where you are. I believe God wants to strengthen your strength your mind. I believe he wants to strengthen your body. I believe he wants to give you a little bit more faith and a little bit more joy. I want you to lift your hands. I don't want you to cup them. I want you to extend them in surrender. 
Because the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles to happen. See, the enemy has tried to trick you into thinking that because you have been tempted and because you've had certain struggles that it cancels the assignment of God on your life. But in a real sense, it does not cancel it. It only confirms it. And I believe that God wants to do great things in your life, but he wants to teach you <laughs> that you got to quit making excuses. The only thing separating you from being great is the excuse you've put in front of you. But after today, you're going to see and you're going to know that God is strengthening you right now. For about 10 of you, you just need to run down to this altar and let me pray with you this morning for your strength. I don't know who you are, but if you're here, I want you to come down here this morning. I just want to touch and agree with you by faith. Everybody doesn't have to come, but if you know this message is for you and you know you need strength to overcome, I want you to walk down here today, and I want it in a very real and sincere way. If there are ministers from this church here that, that partner in prayer, I want you to do it today. Father, thank you. The rest of you, while your hands are extended, will you just stretch them this way? Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you even for those who are at this altar. And even while I'm praying this prayer, if you know I'm talking to you, just run right down here. Father, I thank you right now <clears throat> because you give us the strength and the power to overcome. God, we're not here by accident, but we're here in a very real and sincere way. <laughs> because we have a future we need to safeguard. And we know that part of it, God, is recognizing what's in our lineage. We, we don't give into it, but we acknowledge that it's there. We're not in denial. We don't stand in denial. Oh, God, we stand in victory. We know what we have had to overcome. But the enemy has tried to make us feel ashamed and feel embarrassed. But I cancel the spirit of shame and regret off of your people right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you right now that even right now you are cleansing our souls and renewing our strength, renewing our mind. I thank you right now, Father, that even right now as these ministers cover these your people, I thank you right now, God, that even now today you are relieving us of the burden of guilt, the burden of shame right now is being canceled, God. And now I pray right now, Father, that you would guard us and that you would protect us. Show us the areas where we're vulnerable. Help, help us, oh God, to be real with ourselves about the environments we have to stay out of. For some of us, God, it's not an environment of people. For others, it's an environment in our mind, and it, it's an environment of negativity that we've embraced. We've convinced ourselves that the cup is half empty instead of it being half full. But God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus <laughs> that you would renew. God, I thank you. I thank you, God, that even now you are causing your people to be made strong. Oh, God, I thank you that even as we touch and agree right now, I press strength into your people's hands. The power to overcome right now in the name of Jesus. God, our future is on the line right now, God. Many of our families are in spiritual warfare. God, I pray for our children. For that father that has a burden for their children right now, I pray that the enemy has been trying to 
rid them with guilt because of their absence because they have been separated in different seasons but God I thank you that your word says that you would restore unto us the years that the locust the canker worm and the palmer worm have tried to destroy God I thank you right now that you are giving us the power to overcome every burden that is at this altar is being lifted every 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 problem that is at this altar right now God is being fixed I thank you that you are in our homes you're in our marriages you're in our bank accounts you you're in our school systems right now we thank you you're working things out for our good you're going before us to make easy and successful our way i decree and i declare that the next season of our life is going to be the easy season god we thank you god that the blessing that we're coming into is not going to be as hard and as difficult because you have prepared our hearts mentally you have prepared us spiritually to walk in great areas of anointing and to walk in great areas of breakthrough god I thank you right now that Satan is defeated, that you are exalted, and that Jesus is Lord of all. I cancel the assignment of the enemy. I rebuke the spirit of suicide and depression off of your people right now in the name of Jesus. Make us strong. God, make us strong believers right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you right now that you're renewing our strength. You're renewing our covenant with you. That after today, God, we're going to go home saying, I can destroy that temptation God I thank you right now that those things that have been uh, destroying our future in the secret places that we haven't been able to admit that we've struggled in secret with certain things God I even see one brother right now on his knees and even as he tries to pray out to you the enemy is tempting his mind with that temptation saying you'll never be able to get through this but the devil is a liar Satan, I thank you for being a liar. You are a liar. And God, I thank you that you are the overcomer of every lie. I thank you right now that the walls and the yokes that have been on our minds for years have been destroyed right now in the name of Jesus. And then, oh God, I thank you because I know strong families make strong churches. Strong churches make strong communities. We lift up this pastor today, you God, even in his absence right now. I pray that you will continue to restore him and renew him and strengthen him and cover him and keep him. That as he comes back to give words of life to your people, that it will be refreshed and renewed and restored and rejuvenated. God, I thank you, God, for Revival Tabernacle. I thank you for the worldwide missions that they have been sent to accomplish. And I thank you, God, for every life that's going to be changed in this place in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody lift that up right now come on lift your praise up right now clap your hands and just shout amen with me if you believe it is so just shout amen come on hallelujah come on somebody just take a moment and give them the highest praise lift him up come on take a moment give him the highest praise if you know you got victory take a moment and give him the highest praise oh come on church you ain't doing it this is the breakthrough that you need lift him up right now and just thank you Lift him up and thank him right now. Lift him up. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.